Not only should Walters be your spot before and after every Nats game, but also Walters is an avenue for cheaper Nats tickets. When buying tickets to Nationals Park through the rest of the season, enter promo code WALTERS for 30% off. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Swings and drives one on the line to deep left. This is going to get out of here. It's a home run. Two rows deep over the left field wall. A line shot for Real Muto. Who jumps on the first pitch from Trevor Williams. A fastball right down the middle at 90 miles an hour. That's his ninth home run of the year. It's the Phillies three and the Nationals nothing. Here's the set. And the pitch. Swing a fly ball deep left. This is going to be a grand slam. It is long gone. And the Nationals lead 4-3. to three. Stone Garrett brings them all in with a grand slam. His fifth home run of the season on the very first pitch from Suarez. And the Nationals are in front for the first time today. And the pitch. Swing a ground ball right side. Fielded by Chavis to Vargas for one. Relay to first. Double play. Double play. Double play again for the third straight inning. The Nationals induce a double play. And for Finnegan, he ends two innings in a row by inducing double plays. 4-6-3 retires the side. Hey, uh, real quick, one quick announcement. We um, we have one all-star this year that was selected, uh, and his name is Josiah Gray. And welcome to Nat Chat for Monday, July 3rd, 2023. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi Podcast. Mark Zuckerman is off for this installment of the show. But we have a Nationals win and a Nationals All-Star selection to discuss. Uh, a 5-4 win at the Philadelphia Phillies on Sunday afternoon to win the series two games to one. How about this series for the Nats? Two one-run wins sandwiched around a hideous blowout loss, right? Friday night, a 2-1 win. Saturday, the humiliating 19-4 loss. But Sunday afternoon, a 5-4 win, concluding a terrific 6-3 road trip. Yes, the Nats just wrapped up a 6-3 road trip. The Nats won two or three games at the San Diego Padres. Uh, the Nats then won two or three games at the Seattle Mariners, and the Nats now have won two of three games at the Phillies. A 6-3 and three road trip that consisted of three series victories. Not too shabby 
The Nats now are 34-49. and That is the second worst record in the National League. But consider this. The Nats now are 21-22 and on the road. Just a game under 500 on the road as compared to 13-27 and at home. 13-27 and at Nationals Park versus 21-22 and away from Nationals Park. As you probably know, the Nats, since moving to Washington, D.C., have had a bit of a thing in terms of doing better on the road as compared to at home. I mean, the Nats, in their postseason history since moving to D.C., 12-5 and on the road versus just 7-12 and at home. We all remember the 2019 World Series in which the Nats went 4-0 and on the road and 0-3 at home. What is it with this home field disadvantage uh, <laughs> that the Nats have had for years? I don't know. Anyway, great job by the Nats to win this series at the Phillies. Here was Nats manager Davey Martinez during his postgame session with reporters on Sunday afternoon. We played hard. We played hard all this whole trip. So um, let's play a little bit better at home, right? That's, that's I asked them that. You know, if we play a little bit better at home. Um, we'll do some good things. But like I said, they're playing. They're playing hard. Shows character what they did today after after yesterday. Come back and and uh, keep plugging away and and, and come back and, and winning a game like this against a good, really good team. So um, I can't say enough about uh, about that team, about what we're trying to do here, about that group. That group is special. It really is. So um, we're going to keep fighting. You know, we're going to keep playing hard and keep fighting and, and, and come back tomorrow and try to go 1-0. Yes, 1-0. Uh, we're all trying to do that every day. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our new website, NatsChatPodcast.com, which allows you to listen to previous installments of the show. Uh, contact the show and order a Nats Chat Podcast t-shirt. Also, if you have like 20 seconds to spare, please consider giving this podcast a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. The five-star ratings help out the podcast a lot. Also, please consider writing a review uh, saying that you like the podcast. You can do that on Apple Podcasts and the reviews like the ratings help us out a lot. So thank you very much for doing them. They are appreciated. Much more on what went down for the Nats at the Phillies on Sunday afternoon in a bit, but a man who was a key part of that Nats series win is the Nats' lone all-star for this season, at least for now. Nats starting pitcher Josiah Gray, he on Sunday evening was named to the 2023 National League all-star team. Congratulations to Josiah Gray. He really is in the midst of a terrific step forward season. So the Nats acquired Gray and catcher Capit Ruiz from the Los Angeles Dodgers as the headline prospects in a crop of four prospects for starting pitcher Max Scherzer and shortstop Trey Turner in a trade that was finalized on July 31st, 2021, and very much led the way in the massive fire sale by the Nats in that 2021 season. Gray for the Nats in the 2021 regular season, 12 starts, ERA of 531. Gray for the 2022 regular season, ERA of 502, gave up a major league worst 38 home runs and issued a national league worst 66 walks. Gray over his first two major league regular seasons, 2021 and 2022, gave up a staggering 57 home runs in 219 and a third innings. The truth is that things were not going so well for Josiah Gray as a major league pitcher until this season. Josiah Gray in this 2023 regular season, 17 starts, ERA of 330. And get this, he threw games on Saturday, was number five among all National League pitchers in wins above replacement in war for baseball reference for this regular season at 2.7 and was number 10 
among all qualified National League pitchers in ERA Plus for this regular season at 127. ERA Plus is ERA that's adjusted for a player's league in home ballpark. 100 is average. Above 100 is good. Below 100 is bad. Josiah Gray, quantifiably, has gone from being one of the worst starting pitchers in the majors over the last two seasons to one of the best starting pitchers in the majors this season. That is remarkable. And of course, this transition was very much on display in that Nats 2-1 win at the Phillies on Friday evening. Gray in that game may be his best outing of the season. One run in six innings, eight strikeouts versus one walk. Uh, Gave up just six hits, all of which were singles. He threw a ton of strikes, 99 pitches, a whopping 69 strikes versus just 30 balls. But when you talk about the positives from this Nats season so far, Josiah Gray to me is number one. You know, not just in terms of what he's doing this season, but in terms of what this could mean for the long term, what this could mean for the rebuild. You know, I talk so often on this podcast about potential building blocks. Josiah Gray is a potential building block. He might be the most significant potential building block on this team. And the way he's performing this season, you know, you can almost take out the word potential and just say, yeah, he's a building block. You know, he's a guy who can be a foundational piece for that next great run of Nationals teams. We'll see. He's got to do this beyond this season, obviously. But boy, off the struggles of the last two seasons, to see Josiah Gray do as he has done this season is outstanding. And uh, a salute to him for getting this nod as the Nats' lone representative on the National League All-Star team. Again, at least for now. We'll see if things change. It's no surprise that the Nats in having the second-worst record in the National League, only have one All-Star for this season. Again, at least for now. Uh, You know, things could change given injuries and uh, guys just not wanting to play in the game. But I do want to highlight the two Nats who are two All-Star snubs. Uh, Third baseman, Jamer Candelario, and right fielder, Lane Thomas. Now, personally, I don't get that worked up over All-Star selections. Uh, The All-Star game is an exhibition game. It's a showcase for Major League Baseball. You know, the process by which All-Stars are selected is convoluted and really flawed in terms of truly identifying the best players. In case you don't know, the nine starting position players in each league are selected by fans via two phases of voting, and then reserve position players and pitchers in each league are selected via a combination of player ballots and the commissioner's office. And keep in mind that the commissioner's office must adhere to this rule of every major league team having at least one all-star. You also have the reality of having to put together all-star rosters. In other words, you can only have so many third basemen, you can only have so many outfielders, etc. So bottom line, I don't take all-star selection super seriously, and I never use how many times a player has been selected as an all-star to measure how great that player is. But consider the seasons that Jamer Candelario and Lane Thomas are having. Jamer Candelario, through games on Saturday, was number one among all National League third basemen in war, per baseball reference for this regular season at 2.6, and was number one among all National League third basemen in war, per fangraphs, for this regular season at 2.4. So let's think about this. War measures a position player in totality, his batting, his base running, and his defense. I'm not saying that war is gospel. I'm not saying that you have to be a slave to war, but I do think you absolutely should look at war when evaluating a player. Jamer Candelario, per the two most prominent versions of war, 
the baseball reference version, and the Fangraphs version. Number one <laughs> among all National League third basemen, and yet he's not a member of the National League All-Star team. Does that make sense? Heck no. Okay, like if you're talking about merit, who deserves to be an All-Star, how do you not deserve to be an All-Star when you are number one via two versions of the most comprehensive and I think telling statistic in all of baseball, wins above replacement? And then Lane Thomas. So he threw games on Saturday, was number eight among all National League players in offensive war for this regular season at 2.8 and was number 10 among all qualified National League players in OPS Plus for this regular season at 139. Uh, OPS Plus is OPS on base percentage plus slugging percentage. Uh, That's adjusted for a player's league at home ballpark. 100 is average. Above 100 is good. Below 100 is bad. An OPS Plus of 139 is awesome. 39% better than league average. Lane Thomas this season has been one of the best offensive players in the majors and yet is not an all-star. So I hope that at least one of these guys winds up on the National League all-star team, but both are deserving. Hey, are you a law firm partner stuck on an underperforming team while the rest of the competitors are spending big and winning big? Well, Unlike Mackenzie Gore and Kate Ruiz, you have options. You don't have to stay on your 60-win team. Nats Chat sponsor Mason Kalfis and his team specialize in placing partners and associates at medium-sized and large law firms in Washington, D.C. and across the country. Mason Kalfis has recruiters in six states and has placed lawyers in more than half of the 100 largest law firms in the United States. While you may be reading doom and gloom from the legal press, many practices are red-hot antitrust, IP litigation, white-collar litigation, finance and direct lending, and healthcare. Because you are not under a CBA or team control for six years, in fact, staying at a firm too long is often a recipe for being underpaid. Explore your options today with Mason Kalfas. Call Mason today at 202-486-3535. That number again, 202-486-3535. Hey, NatChat Podcast. Tim Shover is here to tell you about the Game Time app. I got a text recently from a good friend of mine whose daughter is really into Harry Potter and wants to be there on Saturday, July 8th for Harry Potter Day against the Texas Rangers. They aren't the biggest sports fans to begin with, so I directed him to the Game Time app and told him what was the best move. Now he will be behind the Nats dugout for a reasonable price, all by simply logging on to the Game Time app. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you would know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code NATSCHAT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code NATSCHAT for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey guys, it's Al Galdi for Window Nation. Summer is here. The heat, the humidity, forcing your air conditioning unit into overdrive, leading to energy bills that are higher than James Wood's potential. (laughs) The solution, new windows 
from my friends at Window Nation, which is offering a great deal. No money down, no payments, and no interest for two years, plus two free windows for every two windows that you buy. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com and tell Window Nation that you want the deal that you heard about from Al Galdi on the NatChat podcast. Protect your home and increase the value of your home with great new windows from Window Nation, which does windows right. You know, the average installer from Window Nation has over 16 years of experience with over 20 thousand windows installed. No money down, no payments, and no interest for two years, plus two free windows for every two windows that you buy. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. That's 866-90NATION or windownation.com. And make sure that you tell Window Nation that Al Galdi sent you. Hey, NatChat Podcast. The other night, my parents were at the Braves game. They live in Atlanta. What do you want from me? Anyhow, my mom texted me afterwards. She saw four guys stroll in, and one of them was wearing bird dogs. She said by far he looked the best of anyone in his group of friends. Bird dogs fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton, and I believe it based upon customer reviews. Go to birddogs.com pool and enter promo code P-O-O-L for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. They promise you. Now the pitch to Jamer Candelario is belted a deep left field. This ball is going, going, and gone. Goodbye. Six rows deep toward left center field. Bang, zoom goes Jamer Candelario with his 11th home run of the year. And the second home run of the day for the Nationals. And the Nationals have themselves... A two-run lead here in the top of the fifth inning. It's Washington 5 and Philadelphia 3. Candelario, he had the Nats 5-4 win at the Phillies on Sunday afternoon. Homered. He is the Nats starting third baseman and number two batter. One for three uh, with a solo homer and a walk. Candelario in the Nats one-run fifth. A one-out first pitch solo homer to left field for a 5-3 Nats lead. And Candelario in the Nats four-run third drew a two-out walk. But also in that Nats four-run third on Sunday afternoon was a grand slam. Stone Garrett. How about this guy? Stone Garrett on Sunday afternoon as an at starting left fielder and cleanup batter. Boy, did he clean things up. Two for four with a grand slam and a single. Garrett in that Nats four-run third, a two-out first pitch grand slam to left field for a 4-3 Nats lead. A grand slam that came off back-to-back two-out walks by Jamer Candelario and Joey Medeses. What did I talk about on the last installment of the podcast? The Nats' lack of, right, home runs and walks. And how home runs and walks equate with good offense in baseball much more than making contact and putting balls in play do. Well, there you go. Back-to-back two-out walks by Candelario and Medeses, and then a two-out grand slam by Stone Garrett. It was excellent to see that. Uh, second Grand Slam for Stone Garrett this regular season. He's the first Nats player with at least two Grand Slams in a regular season since Gerardo Porra in 2019. Not since the Baby Shark have we seen this. And Stone Garrett on Sunday afternoon, top of the second, a leadoff full count, opposite field single to right center field despite having been down in the count at one point. 
one, two. Uh, both the Grand Slam and the single came off a lefty. Uh, the Phillies' lefty starting pitcher, Ranger Suarez. Garrett in the Nats 2-1 win at the Phillies on Friday night as the Nats starting left fielder, number six batter, one for four with a two-run homer. Uh, Garrett in that game in the Nats two-run second had a one-out two-run homer to left field for a 2-0 Nats lead. That homer came off a Phillies lefty starter and Christopher Sanchez. Stone Garrett this season against left-handed pitching has been so good. He now in this regular season, has an OPS of 871 against left-handed pitching. And by the way, uh, also for Stone Garrett in this series was another hit. Uh, he in the 19-4 loss on Saturday came off the bench, top of the ninth, had a leadoff opposite field single to shallow right off the uh, Phillies righty reliever, Dylan Covey. The Nats starting pitching in this series at the Phillies featured one good start, uh, one hideous start, and one so-so start. Mentioned the good start, which was by Josiah Gray. The bad start was by Mackenzie Gore on Saturday. And the so-so start came from Trevor Williams in this 5-4 win on Sunday afternoon. Williams allowed three runs in five innings. He gave up six hits, two homers, a double, and three singles. He issued two walks. He recorded just one strikeout. He over 80 pitches through 48 strikes versus 32 balls. Williams in the bottom of the first allowed three runs, but he did then toss four scoreless innings, although he in the outing uh, did not have a single clean inning. Bottom of the first was rough. Uh, Williams gave up a two-out full count solo homer by Nick Castellanos to left field for a one nothing Phillies lead. Uh, Williams gave up a two-out single by ex-Nat Bryce Harper to right center field. And Williams gave up a two-out first pitch, two-run homer by JT Real Muto to left field for a 3 nothing Phillies lead. But, you know, overall, Trevor Williams on Sunday afternoon to me did what he's done for most of this season, and that is give the Nats a chance to win. He has been a mediocre starting pitcher, but I don't say mediocre as an insult. Mediocre isn't bad, you know? Mediocre is, uh, well, mediocre, you know? He, in this regular season, has made 17 starts, registered an ERA of 434. His ERA plus entering Sunday was 99. Again, 100 is league average. So 99 is, yes, mediocre. But mediocre isn't such a bad thing. Like, league average is not a bad thing. Statistically speaking, league average can be just fine. And that's what Trevor Williams has been this season. I mean, you think about his circumstance with the Nats. The Nats brought him in this past offseason on a two-year, $13 million free agent contract. Like, you're not asking him to be your ace. You're not asking him to be your number two starter. Now, in this Nats rotation, I suppose you could say, well, he's overslotted in that he is the Nats number three starter, at least in theory, in terms of quality, right? I mean, I don't think you'd say Patrick Corbin is a number three starter. I mean, in terms of salary, Corbin's a number one starter, but in terms of performance, you'd say, no, Trevor Williams is your number three. So in a good rotation, Trevor Williams is a number five, maybe a number four. But if you're just evaluating his season, He's been okay, which is kind of what I think you were hoping for. And, you know, knock on wood, he has stayed healthy. He has made 17 starts. Uh, don't take that for granted. So, you know, not lights out, but he gave the Nats a chance to win. He was fine in this game, just like he, for the most part this season, has been fine. But better than fine for the Nats on Sunday afternoon was their bullpen. Four Nats relievers combined to allow one run in four innings as the Nats, with relievers pitching, turned three key double plays. These double plays were huge in this game. So we, for a second consecutive game, did see Jose A. Ferrer, who in the Nats' previous game made his Major League regular season debut. Ferrer on Sunday afternoon, a scoreless bottom of the six, despite 
having runners on first and second with no outs. He gave up a leadoff double by Bryson Stott off the right center field wall on a ball uh, that was awkwardly played by right fielder Lane Thomas, and yet another instance of him having a hard time with a ball at or off the wall. Ferrer then issued a walk of Alec Bohm, but Ferrer then induced a first pitch 4-6-3 double play off the bat of Derek Hall, uh, and then struck out Brandon Marsh swinging with a runner on third and two outs. The 2-2 to Marsh. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with a high fastball. Jose A. Ferrer with a scoreless inning. Mason Thompson, he in the bottom of the seventh, did give up a run. He allowed a run and recorded just one out. Uh, he gave up a leadoff double by Kyle Schwarber to right field on a 1-2 pitch and gave up a one-out RBI double by Nick Castellanos down the left field line to cut the Nats' lead to 5-4. You know, Mason Thompson had gotten his act together and now lately has been up and down again. You know, he in some outings has been really good, but in other outings has been not so good. And he on Sunday afternoon was not so good. But then came Kyle Finnegan, the fireman. Fireman Finnegan came into the game and he got the job done. One and two-thirds scoreless innings. He came into the game in the bottom of the seventh with a runner on second, one out, and the Nats nursing a 5-4 lead. He did issue a one-out walk of Bryce Harper, but Finnegan then induced a 6-4-3 double play off the bat of JT Riomuto for the second and third outs. Two on, one out. The pitch. Swing a ground ball to short. Can they turn it? Vargas to second for one. Chavis to first for two. It's an inning-ending double play. And Finnegan then tossed a scoreless bottom of the eighth despite issuing a leadoff walk of Bryson Stott and despite giving up a one-out single by Derek Hall on a wicked shot up the middle. Uh, but Finnegan then induced a 4-6-3 double play off the bat of Brandon Marsh for the second and third out. So Finnegan in this outing did put some guys on base, but he made key pitches when he had to make key pitches, and he got a lot of help from the defense behind him. And it's worth noting that this game on Sunday afternoon was a game in which Davey Martinez did go with some reserves. Uh, you had Riley Adams as an at-starting catcher. You had Michael Chavis as an at-starting second baseman. You had Ildemaro Vargas as an at-starting shortstop. And that uh, double play trio of Vargas at short, Chavis at second, and Dominic Smith at first base uh, did a really good job of getting the job done with these three key double plays. And then Hunter Harvey, he got the job done, a perfect bottom of the ninth, despite facing the numbers one through three batters in the Phillies lineup. Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner, and Nick Castellanos. A really nice job by Hunter Harvey navigating that top portion of the Phillies lineup. The Phillies are a tough team, especially for the Nats. I mean, I know that the Phillies are not having a great season, but if you watch these games over the weekend, first of all, Citizens Bank Park, the sit is what you call a bandbox of a ballpark, okay? Balls fly out of there. Uh, it was a hot and humid weekend. We actually had a brief rain delay in this game on Sunday afternoon. Beating the Phillies is not easy, especially for a rebuilding team like the Nats. And so for them to, in two of the three games, do a pretty good job against this Phillies lineup to come away with two wins out of the three games. Look, Saturday was brutal, no doubt, but those games are going to happen. And as I talked about toward the end of the show for Saturday's game, yes, that game was awful. But if the Nats come back and win the game on Sunday afternoon, you win the series. And, you know, that game on Saturday, as ugly as it was, can end up being, you know, just a speed bump, just a hiccup, just a blip on the radar. And sure enough, that's kind of what that game ends up being here with, again, the Nats winning the series and wrapping up an oh-so-nice 6-3 and three road trip. 
So the Nats now have uh, seven games left until the All-Star break for them. Uh, They have what is uh, a seven-game homestand now coming up. Four games against the Cincinnati Reds, followed by three games against the Texas Rangers. The Cincinnati Reds, really one of the surprise teams in Major League Baseball. The Reds are tied with the Milwaukee Brewers atop the National League Central. Game one of this series against the Reds, Monday evening at 6.05. Jake Irvin will be the Nats' starting pitcher. Game two, Tuesday morning at 11.05 in the Nats' annual July 4th morning game. By the way, I am a big fan of that. I think that's one of the best things that the Nats do, that annual uh, July 4th, 11.05 a.m. game. I actually wouldn't mind seeing the Nats do that for other holidays. I mean, I know that you're not going to be at home for every holiday, but, you know, how about like a Memorial Day Monday, 11.05 a.m. game, a Labor Day Monday, 11.05 a.m. game, something to think about. But Patrick Corbin, due to be the dad starting pitcher for the Tuesday morning game. Hey, we'll have breakfast with Patrick Corbin, brunch with our guy Corbin. <laughs> uh, game three, Wednesday night at 7.05. The all-star, Josiah Gray, will be the dad starting pitcher. And game four, Thursday afternoon at 105, Mackenzie Gore will be the dad starting pitcher in what sets up to be actually a fairly key outing for Mackenzie Gore. I mean, I don't want to overhype it, but off what happened with him on Saturday, boy, you'd love to see him go out there this Thursday afternoon against a pretty good team of the Reds and uh, pitch really well. So I hope like heck that we do see that uh, from Mackenzie Gore on Thursday afternoon. You tell us what you think. Hit us up on Twitter at Nats underscore chat. You can email the show, NatsChatPodcast at gmail.com, including if you would like to sponsor the show, hit up Tim Schober, see what we can do for you. Again, that email address is NatsChatPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, all Nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are courtesy of 106.7 The Fan. A thank you to Tim Newmark for the Nats Chat podcast music. Visit timnewmark.com. Uh, I'm Al Galdi. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on the Nats Chat podcast. The pitch is lined into left field for a base hit. Robert Hassel the third with a single to left.